And welcome back to the For Film Slate Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Sheet. I'm here with... Chris Lucky. Who apparently gave me shit for fucking dying and yes. being sick. It was like die already, having man. a fucked up voice. <laughs> so if I ever sound like, you know, like John DiMaggio and too many cigarettes, it's yeah. just because I'm fucking dying. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. And my co-host is an asshole. <laughs> do it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking die already. Do Number one show in North Carolina, by the way. <laughs> Let me bring that back up. Do a flip. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? Uh, number one show in North Carolina. Oh yeah, we are absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, no doubt about that. Uh, real quick, um, I um, have you ever like you know when you go to go to pee in yeah. a, in, in a restroom like a public restroom, and you turn the water on and the water pressure is like pretty strong. Yep. You put your hands under that like strong water pressure water, and do you ever get a splashback I, from the like water? Almost like ninety percent of the time I go to pu- fucking yeah. public restrooms. Yeah, I get a splashback. A splashback. Now yep. has has that splashback ever gotten on your pants in the crotch area? I'm not tall enough for that to happen. Oh okay. <clears throat> so I always get it in my belly. Yeah. Uh, but I can see how that would be fucking annoying. Yes. Because every time you piss, it looks like you fucking piss yourself. That's, that's, that's what I'm getting to. I, I, every time I go to the bathroom, then I go to wash my hands, I turn, I turn the water on, just flip it up, the water comes down strong as fuck, I put my hands on, under there, then splash back all over the crotch area, and it makes it look like I piss myself. You know, so like I'm sitting there drying it off like a paper towel, you know, just walking around trying to air off for a little while, because right. it very clearly looks like I just peed myself. You know, uh, I, I, I guarantee you that there's some like fucking industrial designer that designed mm. that sink, yeah. that thought, I'm going to make this so that everyone looks like they've pissed themselves <laughs> yeah. every time. Because if they just made the sink a little deeper, yeah, just a couple of inches, mm. that wouldn't happen. It would not. You'd be fine. But yeah. it's like, no, I'm going to make nope. We're going to make this specifically for, for people that want to make it look like they peed on themselves. Yeah. And he's, he's done a very successful job at it. Yeah. Fucking cunt. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and let me ask you this, because uh, mm-hmm. I work standing up now, yep. and I'm sure you've had a job where you work standing up. All the time, yeah. Have you ever stood up for so long mm. that when you sit down, your asshole hurts? As my ass cheeks, yeah, but not necessarily my asshole. I really? Think. Yeah. <clears throat> then that's then then I I have this thing like I work at a bar now, so every mm. time I sit after working at the bar, mm. like the area from like my asshole to like the top of my like. Butt cheek like yeah. hurts immensely. Like 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 literally the anus, the whole. Yeah, of like, the like, ass? like 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 yeah, like the surrounding anal cavity part. Or are you do, are you doing like a uh, a kegels thing, like where you're clenching the butthole when you're standing? And I then, fucking like, guess. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I just have like really shitty posture, and my butthole's just like working out the entire time. Ah, maybe ah. I have like like I don't know, like a really. That might Amazingly come in handy. strong butthole. Yeah, that could come in handy one day. Maybe. I mean, yeah. it, it, I mean, just on an everyday thing. I mean, if you're taking a shit, you could pinch that shit off like really quick. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have the, the strength to just pinch it off. <laughs> like, I mean, like stuff a shit on the go. Yeah. Just like, all right, I'm good. That, I'm that is out there. Right now. here, gone. Cut it off. <laughs> Slice. I, I can lift things with my asshole. Oh yeah. Apparently, yeah. nice. If I do the whole Kegel thing, sure could. Yeah. Uh, it's just a weird thing that's been happening to me, and I just, I, just, I wanted to know that. I wasn't alone, but I guess no. I am alone. I mean, a bit. Because yeah. I told I told that to Louise too, mm. and she was just like, "No, what the fuck are you talking about?" All right, all right. Speak, speaking of assholes, and yeah. I guess this might be a little, a little boundary crossing a bit. Yeah. I guess. Fuck but, it. Let's make this a bonding moment. Yeah. All right. Talk. All right. So, so when when you wash your ass, yeah. Like, are you washing the asshole as well? Yeah, you have to. You have to wash the asshole. Yeah, you have yes, to. You have to. Now, now this that's what I what I was telling Tessa. It's like I get. All the way through into the like, I don't just like like I wash in the asshole. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, you have inside you, and out of the asshole. You have to. Yes, 
Because if okay. you don't, you just have a crusty asshole for yes. like the entirety of the day. Yes. And you it's know, it's going like, to get itchy. Like, I'm not getting in there, like, trying to finger myself, you know, in the shower. Yeah. But I'm getting a little soap in there. You yeah. You know, and I'm washing all around. Like, I, I don't know. It's like, I, people are just, I, I've, I've talked to two or three people about this, and they are not going so far as to wash inside. Not, like, five inches deep inside yeah, yeah. your asshole. Yeah, like a fingertip <laughs> Yeah, just like a fingertip dip. Just yeah. get in there, you know, make sure you're clean. You're yeah, good. Yeah, so you get all the, the crusty shit out of your anus. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. that's perfectly normal. All right. All Everyone right. that doesn't do that for me is insane. Yes. Yeah. Very much. Because then you're, you're going to walk around and like you're going to like have an itchy asshole for the entirety of the day. Yep. And if you've ever had an itchy asshole, it's yeah. literally the worst. It's, it's unbearable. It is so, like, yeah. I would rather fucking like break a finger like every minute than walk around with an itchy asshole. Yeah. Feels like you're just carrying around like corn and peanuts and <laughs> it's like, all kind oh, of uncomfortable <laughs> shit in your ass. Broccoli, all that shit that doesn't digest easily. <laughs> yeah. Fucking goddamn it! Yeah, I, I, there are communities online, entire communities of people online, mm. yeah, dedicated to saying that that is a gay activity. What's that? Washing your ass? your asshole is a gay activity. There are men out hmm. there that literally will not clean their assholes, okay, because they think it makes them gay. Oh well. Uh, it, it makes you dirty for not doing it. it right. Makes you, <laughs> it makes you filthy as shit. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, like, in my every time I hear something like that, yeah. I said, if you're not willing to put, like, a tiny bit of your finger inside of your asshole to clean it, mm. I think you might just be afraid you'll enjoy it a little too much. That's very possible. You'll, mm. These are, like, closet home, like closet closet home, home people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And th- I feel like that... Um, that homophobia, I guess, mm-hmm. if, I don't even know if that's the word for exactly what we're talking about here, but it's just, I feel like that's kind of what stopped America from adopting things like bidets. You know, where we don't have bidets in every bathroom, everywhere. Like in Europe. Yeah, bidets are fucking amazing. They're awesome. That shit in Europe is everywhere. It's just a normal thing. You can go to a restaurant or in people's home. That shit is everywhere. Yep. I mean, a fucking bidet, like, if you take a shit, like, I would prefer to be able to get in a shower, you know, afterwards, but... 80% of the time, that's not going to be feasible. You're right. not going to be at home most of the time. But what a bidet. You can just right shoot, at, shoot water up your asshole shoot, and clean it. Exactly, yeah. It's yeah. so good. It's so fucking good. We used to have one in Puerto Rico. Yeah. That is the one thing that I miss yeah. from that house back in Puerto Rico. I bet. That and like our entertainment room from that house. Y'all some fucking baller-ass motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we used to be. <laughs> like a, a personal bidet and a movie room in like the early 2000s. Yeah. Like, yeah, y'all some baller motherfuckers. <laughs> we were all right in the early 2000s. <laughs> we had clean assholes. That's <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, yep. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> you were on Anyway, this one. wash yeah. your fucking assholes, people. No yes. one's gonna judge you, and whoever eats it is gonna appreciate it. Yeah. Just there, so you know. There's a, a lot of talk. I don't know if you ever heard of a woman named Gabrielle Union. No. Uh, she, she's an uh, she's an actress, and uh, she's married to a basketball player named Dwayne Wade. Okay. Um, but they they've been out in the uh, pop culture for ten years, I guess at least. Right. But um, they uh, Gabrielle Union came out and was saying about how she enjoys uh, eating Dwayne Wade's uh, butthole. Right. And that they reciprocate back and forth. Yeah. And the internet just went fucking nuts. Like, this is just like some new thing. That sounds to me like a healthy relationship. It's ex- exactly like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? What? Like, I I don't, I don't understand, like, the ba- like they're, they're a couple. They're married. They've been together forever, and they're just talking about their sexual relationship. Yeah. You know? Like, it's what funny. the fuck? I don't see the issue. People need to stop freaking out about sex. Yes. It's fucking absurd. I don't, I yeah. don't know why it happens. Yeah. I don't know why the people think that, like, celebrities don't fuck. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're doing the same stuff shit we're doing. Do you think, same body parts. Yeah. Do you think like Aronofsky and J-Law are in fucking when they're not filming? Like, oh, what the are. fuck is happening? They definitely are. Of course they're fucking. Oh, Everyone's yeah. fucking. Yes. They all fuck each other. Yep. God damn. I, I hate yeah, like whatever. celebrity culture. Yeah. Whatever. Not celebrities themselves. Like the Just culture, the culture that people it. create around celebrities. Yep. It can go fuck itself. Agreed. You <laughs> people forgot about that. Have you, you seen anything this week? I, <clears throat> I saw last week, I saw Loving Vincent. Loving Vincent. That's a movie? Yeah, it's a movie. Okay. And it's a, it's a first hand-painted movie to come out. Hmm. Uh, it's a Vincent van Gogh movie. It's, what? Vincent van Gogh. I mean, I know Vincent van Gogh, but like, how do they make a movie from... Like, they just took like his artwork and then... No, no, no. They, they, they make it... They base it in the year after he died, hmm. uh, where apparently the story is that one of uh, van Gogh's friends... Hmm. Uh, his son had to deliver a letter to Van Gogh's brother. Okay. And then Van Gogh's brother was dead, and then he had to find the widow. Mm. But then she was like, couldn't be found, so he had to find a doctor to like Vincent. It's a story of how to deliver the last words of Vincent to mm. the last like non relative. Yeah, yeah. Mexican. And uh, it's a really like awesome story, mm. and and it's it's like really well written. Yeah. But it's just like every frame is hand painted, mm. <clears throat> mostly in Van Gogh's style. Yeah. They, they had a team of a hundred artists mm. making this film, uh, and it's about—I want to say it's twenty-four frames a second. Okay. But a lot of the time, it feels more like twelve to fourteen frames a second. All right. Um, but the animation style is so unique that mm. it, it, like the first five minutes, you're like, "Oh, what the fuck am I watching?" Yeah. But after that, you get so used to it that you kind of forget that it's hand painted. Mm. But it looks fucking gorgeous, oh. and like the story is really interesting, mm. and it was just a pleasant movie to watch. Okay. It was, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. We watched it. Uh, I watched it with LZ Pills. LC Pills, <laughs> ghetto horns, hell yeah, LC Pills, represent. Yeah, hell yeah. So we, we watched it at a Rigo Theater. It's just, I'm just laughing just because like if if like she was here, like she doesn't represent any of those sounds or that name like, at all. She's like a very quiet and reserved person. It's LC Pills. <laughs> <laughs> You know? I love that. I fucking love that. I'm sorry. We we'll go ahead. Yeah, that's how she she's written in my phone. Yeah, pills. Nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like uh, loving Vincent is just like a pleasant fucking movie to watch. Like yeah. it's sad, okay, because it's Vincent Van Gogh's like story, and yeah. that's fucking depressing. Yeah. Um, but the movie's really well done, really well crafted, mm. and like it looks fucking gorgeous. Nice. So like, if you get a chance, if you want to watch something that's a little bit out there. Mm. Um, go watch Loving Vincent. It's actually it's a really fun movie. Wow, I, I enjoy the fuck out of it. I, I'm a I'm a fan. Well, I guess I can't say I'm a fan of Vincent Van Gogh. I know like three of his paintings and you know the ear thing. That motherfucker and, did 800 paintings in eight years. Sheesh, that is a lot of fucking paintings. Yeah, that guy did it. Yeah, like I like I like Vincent Van Gogh's thing. I wouldn't consider I wouldn't call myself a fan because I don't know a lot about his hard work either. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think he's an interesting fucking dude. Definitely. And, like this movie, like I, I walked into this movie going like. All right, I guess I'll, what the fuck is this movie going to be about? Yeah. Because he dies at the end. Yeah. And so, like, when the movie said, oh, this is a year after Vincent Van Gogh. So I was like, all right, I'm in for the ride. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Um, so I, I, had a, I, I, had a lot, I had a lot of fun. Okay. It. it was great. Uh, I seen a show from uh, the Duplass Brothers. It's uh, called Room 104. Room 104? Room okay. 104. I don't know what that is. It's, a, um, it's an anthology series, and it's like nothing that I've seen. The closest I can compare it to, uh, like in the family of shows, mm-hmm. it's like um, like Black Mirror almost. Really? Yes. From the Duplass Brothers? From the Duplass Brothers. Interesting. They, um, 
So I was I was listening to a uh, to a podcast. Uh, you made it weird with Pete Holmes and uh, Mark yeah. Duplass was on there, and he was saying how um, the show Togetherness that he was on with HBO how it got canceled after two seasons. And he was saying he never wanted to be in a position like that again to where you're working for a company. The company is also producing the show. So they basically just have it over your head that if they want to cancel the show at any time, then you're out of a job. Right, you're a hostage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, him and his brother, they uh, they decided to make a new television show and to produce it and fund it completely themselves and then just sell it to a company and have them distribute it. Right. You know, so if HBO decided to pick it up, they do. If they decide to drop it, then they go to Netflix or Hulu or wherever else, but they own right. the content, you know. Um, but within that, they said that they needed uh, a, something that was going to be somewhat low budget. Mm -hmm. So room 104, everything is shot in this one room. Okay. It's, everything is in room 104, never leaving the room. But they, in each episode, like I said, it's an anthology. Each episode is has two different characters. So you might have uh, one with the guy James Vanderbeek from um, Varsity Blues mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, uh, Dawson's Creek. There we right. go. Yeah, that's what he's more known for. Um, <laughs> but he, he did a really good job in, in, in uh, his episode. But each episode is different. And it's not like an anthology I've ever seen. Because um, it's the same setting, literally. It, no, well, what, no, that's, that's, that's the thing. It's, it, the, the room is the same, mm -hmm. but it's like one episode will be a horror. Then the, another episode will be like a supernatural uh, comedy drama. Huh. Then the other, another episode will be like some kind of optimistic um, things work out. Like it was like a, a kid that um, episode five, there was a, there was a kid that uh, he, he, he was trying to explain to his old mother mm -hmm. how to retrieve something off of his laptop in 1997. You know, and then she's just like, no clue what to do whatsoever. You know, but it's just like that. It's just comparing that to the episode before, which is like extreme graphic horror, you know, or in another one, just like supernatural, weird. Um, it's just I'm only I'm only six episodes in, but every episode is different. It's all in room 104. And I can tell you right now that next year when awards come out, they're winning the awards for lighting. What's uh, what platform is it on? Uh, HBO? HBO. Yeah. But the, the, the lighting is awesome, man. Like, I mean, they, like, I'd imagine, like, for one episode, it has to take them weeks because there's so many cuts. And every cut, you can see how they've changed lighting. And I saw sitting there being a nerd mm -hmm. talking to Tessa about, I'm like, they only used two seconds of that shot. But it was like they had to change lighting for every fucking cut on this shit. It's just the lighting is phenomenal, That's Brian. interesting. It's really, really I'm nice. I'm not really a lighting guy. Mm -hmm. Like, lighting, I can just not notice mm -hmm. if it's done right. Yeah. But when you notice lighting, it's, 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 it was, like, it, yeah. it's interesting. Oh, yeah. <coughs> it's called Room 104. Room 104, HBO. The Duplass Brothers in the show, or are they just, like, making it? Uh, they produce it and direct it. Uh, they write 90% of the episodes, it looks like, and Jay Duplass was in one of the episodes I've seen so far. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, give it a thumbs up. Recommend high, it. high thumbs up. I mean, it's just, I don't know if it's going to fit every person, because, like I said, the same person that, that likes horror might not like horror comedy, and they might not like, you know, a drama. You know, it's just every episode is completely different. Huh. So different. That's so interesting. Yeah. I like when filmmakers play with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I'm I, lying. I, I have a thing with the, um, do, do you bless people when they when they sneeze? On and off. I don't. Yeah. I do not. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> Here's yeah. here's why like I I think I know where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. It's like who the fuck am I to like bless you? you exactly know, my blessing. Yeah. Thing. Uh, yeah. But I was raised Catholic, yep. so I have that Catholic guilt inside of me. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't do it, 
Even if I don't want to. Yeah. I just feel like, ah, oh, fuck, I should have said bless you. No, fuck Fucking it. Catholic guilt, man. Mm-hmm. Catholic guilt will fucking kill you. I mean, I got a cross tattooed on my arm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like just growing up super Christian. But it's just like, yeah, I don't believe in a God necessarily. So I'm not going to tell an imaginary person to, to bless, bless you. you yeah. And I don't know if I necessarily have the uh, the ability to bless you correctly. You know, so <laughs> go bless yourself. If it makes it feel better, I don't give a shit. <laughs> go, go, go bless yourself. <laughs> I'm all it's that. Like the, the polite southern way of saying, yeah, maybe go fuck yourself. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> go, go bless yourself. How about that? All right. So room 104. That sounds fucking interesting. Yeah. Um, I've started doing something recently that's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. All right. Whenever I buy a Blu-ray, mm-hmm. uh, probably because like, I just bought Baby Driver and I bought mm-hmm. a Ghost Story. All right. And I bought, I bought a couple of Blu-rays because I have a, a, an impulse problem when all right. I buy movies. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I listen to a director's commentary mm-hmm. on on these Blu-rays, All right. and more often than not, they're fucking fascinating. I bet, yeah. Uh, Edgar Wright and, and Baby Driver, just watching him talk about the process that he went to make Baby Driver, yeah, it's just like holy fuck, dude. Like he planned out, like Baby Driver, first of all, took like twenty years to make, mm. and he planned out like every single shot, timed out to every single song and animatics, yeah. And, like, they rehearsed it for, like, days at a time to mm. get the beat just right. Yeah. Like, it, it looks so seamless when you watch it on screen, but when you see the process that he's working with, mm. you're just like, no wonder that shit looks fucking amazing. It does look good, yeah. It's just, like, all the prep and all that fucking work that they have to do, and it just it just makes me fucking happy. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I remember listening to him talking about it. He, um, They said they only had the music. It was like, and now we have a 90-minute soundtrack. Now we just have to put uh, visuals behind it. Right, yeah. <laughs> it was like, Sheesh. And you can tell. You yeah. can tell that that's a driving force of Baby Driver. I, yeah. mean, fucking, I read the script to that movie. I like watched the director's commentary. Mm-hmm. I've watched the movie like three times. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking infatuated with that movie. I yeah. just love Edgar Wright. It's you, so yeah. fucking cool. You do, yeah. Uh, did I mention that I've already that I've seen Ghost Story? That I talked yeah, about last week, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. With um, Casey, Affleck. Casey Affleck, yeah. It's a great movie. I, uh, yeah. it. I will. Yeah. yeah, I will. Uh, I don't. I don't. What else have I seen? I don't think I've seen anything else. Uh, uh-huh. Loving Vincent. Uh, no, that's about it. There's nothing in fucking cinemas. In uh, the movie theaters, no. Yeah, there's nothing like, out there. It sucks. Like television is doing really, really good, but movies. I haven't. I haven't watched a movie in a while. I need to see Blade Runner, but that's the only thing that's like really eating away at me that I haven't right, seen. Yeah. You know. And you'll, you'll be fine cashing that on DVD. Like after, really. Yeah. I don't know, man. Fucking, it sucks because I work at a movie theater now. Yeah. Like, if movies suck, I don't get customers, true. which means I don't get tips. That's true. So Hollywood, start making better fucking movies Yeah. so that I get uh, fucking tips. Get some more money, yeah. Yeah. I'm cool Fuck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to say in the catch-up? Uh, oh, happy Halloween. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. That, happy, that is happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Um, yeah, is it Tuesday? It's Halloween today. We released on Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> we did fucking Forrest Gump. <laughs> yes, we did. Definitely did. Definitely did. <laughs> Could have done any movie. Could have done, uh, done any movie. Could have done any horror movie. Could have done Ash versus the Evil Dead. Anything. Anything. Yeah. But nah, Forrest no, Gump. No, Forrest Gump. Well, life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah. You never know what you're going to fucking get. Yeah, so, so go, go, go bless yourself. Let's <laughs> 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 go bless yourself. We're doing Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're gonna cut and then we'll be right back with Forrest fucking up. And welcome back. Uh Chris, the we're 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 doing Forrest Gump. Yeah, Forrest Gump. Uh, run down. Forrest Gump is um let's see, it was rated PG thirteen movie. It's uh, two hours and twenty two minutes. It's listed as a drama romance and came out on the sixth of the July in nineteen ninety four. 
the rundown is JFK, LBJ, Vietnam, Watergate, and other history unfold through the perspective of an Alabama man with an IQ of 75. <laughs> yeah. uh, the director is Robert Zemeckis. Uh, the writer is Winston Groom and uh, Eric Roth. And it stars Tom Hanks and Robin Wright. Robin Wright. I, I, I didn't, like, I watched this movie like 20 times as a like growing up, yeah. like throughout different stages. Oh yeah, I I I never knew that Robin Wright had been in my life for so long. Yeah, uh, apparently, fucking, I recognize her. She was in Blade Runner twenty forty nine recently. I didn't I didn't yeah. pick her up. Like I've I kn- I know her career because of um, House of Cards, right? And um and then Wonder Woman. And then when I seen Wonder Woman, I was like, why do I know her face so much? Same. And then I looked her up, and it was like Forrest Gump. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, I, I didn't realize she was in it. I was like, yeah. oh, well, like I saw, I was watching for a second, and I was like, why does she look fucking familiar? Yeah. Oh, House of Cards, yep. Wonder Woman, fucking Blade Runner 2049, yeah. no yeah. big fucking deal. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's out there. <clears throat> Forrest Gump. This is one of those movies that it's just like, I, I, I got to admit that I was watching this movie, and mm. I wanted to be cynical about this movie. Mm. I watched this movie thinking, like, I'm going to find everything I can mm. to not like about this movie. Yeah. Because it's such a well-liked fucking thing. It I is. wanted to tear apart. Yeah. But like fucking 20 minutes into the movie, I'm just sitting there with a fucking smile on my it's face awesome. watching Forrest Gump. It's an awesome movie. Like, I don't have many bad things to say. Even the runtime, like, it's just, these are one of the movies that are like movie movies for me. Like, I really enjoy, or maybe it's just Robert Zemeckis. I mean, I, I, I find myself um, just being drawn to his movies with the um, uh, the Back to the Future trilogies and, um, and this right. movie. Uh, him, Robert Zemeckis, and uh, Spielberg worked very closely together earlier on in, uh, in Robert's career. And you can kind of see that with his directing style earlier on, like with things like Forrest Gump. And even even till like when I was looking this up, I was still thinking in my mind that Forrest Gump was a Spielberg movie. As far <laughs> it as feels a, like a Spielberg yeah, movie. I think yeah. it might have been produced by Spielberg or something, but yeah, it's Robert Zemeckis. Like, wow. Robert, and, and like, he, it's a seamless direction. Yeah. There's nothing about this movie that feels like it should. It, it's out of place. No, which uh-uh. is, it doesn't happen a lot from movies. No, um, but like this, Forrest Gump is one of those movies that like I don't think I've met anyone that dislikes Forrest Gump. Mm. I don't think I've met anyone that thinks it's a subpar movie. No, like it's just universally loved as a movie, mm. and it's kind of like when you say Tom Hanks, that's kind of like the first movie that you go to. Yes, it's like Forrest Gump. That's the go-to. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, and like first of all, Tom Hanks is an amazing performance as Forrest. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the most charming characters mm-hmm. in all of like cinema history. Yeah, and like it's just it's a sad story presented in a happy way, like through the eyes of this innocent like yeah. man that's not very smart. Nope. But he does all of this amazing shit just because he kind of just like he wanted to. Like, yes. He just walked. He just woke up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy a boat. And yep. I'm gonna start fucking shrimping. Yeah. And then he just became good at it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, what did. the fuck? Like, it's yeah. such an uplifting fucking movie. It is. That even, like, me looking at it, like, I'm gonna fucking hate this movie. I haven't seen it in, like, seven years. Mm-hmm. This is not gonna be the movie that I enjoy. This is not my type of movie. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes. 20 minutes is all it takes. And then <laughs> yeah. you just be like, yay, Forrest. Yeah. <laughs> I was um I was writing down something as I was watching a different movie that we're not doing for the podcast today. <laughs> but in analyzing it, it made me think about like the way that I watch movies, mm-hmm. and I broke it down to like a thirty thirty thirty. Is uh the first thirty minutes of a movie is just like getting to know the movie and trying to understand like what the director is trying to get me to feel with right. this movie and the tone. And the second thirty mo- thirty minutes is just is me completely falling in love with the movie. Or just being like, oh, this isn't the movie for me. Right. You know, in that second 30 minutes. The last 30 minutes is just 
critical judgment, you know, because I've had an hour of this movie and I've fallen in love with the movie and now I've been sitting here for an hour. Right. So it's like I kind of want my own time after that hour. So now I'm judging anything, any kind of <laughs> mistakes because you're keeping me here for another 30 minutes. So it's very critical. And with this with this movie, you know, what, what's the runtime on it? Two hours and 22 minutes. Two hours and 22 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I had like an hour of just being critical of this movie. And like I said, it just, it just holds up for me. There's even towards the end where you see, um, is that Haley Joel Osment? Maybe that plays Haley the uh, yeah 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 yeah. That plays yeah. the kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like even even till uh, yeah yeah even even to the end, I was still enjoying that. But, Same. Um, I, I I have a question though, yeah. and um, I've I've been bringing this up for years. All right, so we're we're under the impression that that Jenny has AIDS. Yes. All right. Uh, she definitely has AIDS. Definitely has AIDS. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're not under She has AIDS. She has. Like, they, they never said AIDS, yeah. you know, but they said virus, and she has all the symptoms, you know, like she. Well, it's one of those things that, like, when the time the movie came out, mm -hmm. AIDS had been around for, like, a decade at that point. Yep. So, like, it was very understood that that's what AIDS yes, was. It's AIDS. Like, at the time. Yeah. Yes. It's like, one, like, so far as I'm concerned, 100% AIDS. Now, mm -hmm. does, do you, is there any inkling that the sun has AIDS as well? It happens way less often than people think. Mm. It's like, like sometimes AIDS doesn't transfer. It, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, not to, at all. To the kid, like, it doesn't happen way less commonly. And and then in that in that case, does Forrest have AIDS? Uh, that's the one question that I had in my mind. You know, you know, you know. But I don't. It, it didn't look like they set it up that way. It di it didn't. But it's just like your partner has AIDS, but the kid doesn't have AIDS. You don't have AIDS. It's just I, I don't know. It was yeah, kinda, I, I don't know what the fuck happened. That was uh, my only question, real, because I'm like, all right, I can accept you know the kid not having AIDS. I wouldn't want the kid to have AIDS, but like, seemed like Forrest Gump, like maybe, maybe, maybe. she might have gotten AIDS after sleeping with Forrest. Mm. That might have been a possibility. That's possible. Because uh, she left. Mm. Yeah. Solid Spanish interjection there. <laughs> <laughs> I know like five phrases and it just fit. Come your guard. How do you feel about Jenny in this movie? Because Jenny uh, is, I feel like, what divides people mm. that that there's two trains of thought about Jenny mm. regarding this movie. And one of them is right, and the other one is fuck you, you're wrong, in a way. And I'm curious uh, where you stand that. Um I don't. I mean, I guess as an older person now, my opinion have on her changed. Um, back then, I guess I don't know. As a teenager, my view on her was like that jaded, upset with women that don't see things the way that I see them. You know, so I'm looking. I'm looking things mm -hmm. from Forrest Gump's perspective and putting myself in his shoes, like right. as a teenager watching it. And then I'm just like, he's such a good guy. You know, why is she out having sex with all these other people and Playboy and then getting on stage naked and doing all these different drugs? And, you know, Forrest just wants to take care of her and be the best person for her. And, and then she's just not, you know, complying, you know, not right. doing any of those things. So at back then, it was just like, no, I didn't, wasn't a fan of Jenny at all. But now I'm very much indifferent to her. It's not indifferent, indifferent. you know, because I mean, it's just it's just a person living her life. You know, she wants to do she wants to be a person that can get on stage in front of people and tell her story and sing songs and do whatever that she wants to do. She wants to live her life. She wants to have fun. She wants to travel. She wants to see a lot of different people and experience things. So right. I mean, that doesn't that's not a, a knock on Forrest Gump. You know, a person who's described to have a 75 IQ, mm -hmm. but he's just not able to keep up with someone that has that kind of fire. At you know, twenty some odd years old. Right. Yeah. Uh, here's here's my thing about Jenny. Like mm. I, I like very much when I was a teenager, like at sixteen or fifteen, I mm. felt around that way about Jenny. It was just kind of like, oh, she's just kind of a dick. Yeah. 
Um, but now uh, Jenny's fucking like Jenny's story is fucking depressing mm. in this entire movie because she was molested as a kid. Yep. Uh, uh, so like her father was a drunk alcoholic, yeah. like a drunk alcoholic, an alcoholic, a drunk alcoholic. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. she was molested as a kid. Mm. So like her views and like affection and and sort of sexuality are mm. already fucked up. She's yeah. obviously got PTSD from that shit. Oh yeah. And then she met the only person that makes her happy mm. is so mentally disadvantaged that she feels like she's taking advantage of him. Yes. So she runs away because mm-hmm. she feels like she's the rapist now. Yeah. She feels like she's become her she dad. She's become what, yeah, what the dad is, yeah. And she can't fucking handle it and mm. being around Forrest, so she fucking runs away mm. from the one thing that she knows will make her moderately happy in life. Yeah. She fucking runs away. Yeah. And, and and that's made me so sad. Like, mm. after, like, reading up on it and, like, watching the movie again, I was just like, Jenny's not an asshole. No, man. she's not an asshole, no. She's just scared and fucking trying to figure out how to be a person she the um well, the two spe- uh, specific scenes uh one when she's a kid and uh, like i said when uh, dealing with the alcoholic father and she runs away to the field with forest and she's doing the prayer the dear god make me a bird so i can fly far 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 away from here mm-hmm. and they just sit there and chanting it over and over and just hoping that you know that would happen and forest had a quote it was like well you know god didn't turn jenny into a bird that day but he did uh make the police say that she didn't have to live with him no more <laughs> yeah <laughs> And that, that, this is another like really charming thing about that movie. Mm. I don't think I've seen a movie that does narration nearly as effectively Ooh. as Forrest Gump does. Because mm. like they set it up as it's just like the entire movie is happening in flashback. Yeah. Because Forrest is this kind of person that would just talk to you if you sit next to him. Mm. So he's just talking to these random strangers. And you don't really see any reason for him to talk to these people. Yeah. But like the person on the bench, you're just took into the story because mm. he tells it so engagingly. And the way he talks and the way he sort of brings that Alabama accent mm-hmm. and he's just like, well, mama always said, and yeah. you're just like, oh, fuck yeah, Forrest, keep yeah. going. I yeah. want to know what you're talking about. Uh, definitely so. And then he, like, the stories just keep getting more and more fucking, like, absurd and ridiculous and you're with him the entire time just because of, like, every, like, the way that, how do I say it? Like, so you have a scene that's happening and he's narrating what's happening in the scene mm-hmm. and then they give you a little snippet of that flashback and they let you play for, like, 20, 15 minutes of the flashback. Yep. And then he comes back and you hear narration again. And it's Forrest selling his point of view of what happened, his mm. emotional moment of what happened. Yeah. Because it's hard to show that emotional connection or yeah. that emotional link yeah. in the scene itself because of the nature of the movie. Because the nature of the movie is retrospective. Yes. So, like, Forrest has to tell you how he felt. And he has to tell you how he saw, how he thought other people felt about it. Yes. And that's sort of what brings the innocence. And that innocence that's brought into the movie through that allows mm. the dark humor of the movie to be much more palatable. Yeah. And you're not upset when you find out that Jenny's dad was a rapist alcoholic. Of course, yeah, And he you're was. just like, oh, fuck, that sucks. But also Forrest just moves on from that. Yes. Immediately, because he doesn't, he, he doesn't rationalize no. it in his mind that way. And, and, and I think that's part of the huge charm of this movie, how it can explore those really dark, heavy subjects mm-hmm. and like drug addiction and like domestic violence yeah. and the Vietnam War yeah. and like friendship with a dude. Mm-hmm. And it's just like all of those concepts, really heavy-handed concepts. But Forrest is so, I don't want to say simple-minded, but mm-hmm. he looks at things so simply does. that just like, oh yeah, I never looked at it that way. Fuck yeah, Forrest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like how they, they sandwiched in uh, so many different like celebrity encounters mm-hmm. throughout the entire movie. Uh, the first one that we really got to see was Elvis Presley. <laughs> and that was, uh, he, um, at the time, Forrest still had the, uh, the leg braces on because, um, what do they say, his spine was curved like an S? Or yeah, like, like a that? question mark. Like a question mark, yeah. 
So um, he's he's wearing these leg braces and um, he's standing up with a broom, you know, to to brace himself to stand up. And Elvis is playing hound dog for him, <laughs> and then he's just sitting there shaking his legs back and forth. And then he's like, "Yeah, do that, do that again for me. Just slow it down a little bit." <laughs> and then uh, Forrest and his mom, I guess it's around Christmas time or so or whatever. They they pass a, a department store and there's some TVs by the window, and they see Elvis Presley mimicking Forrest Gump's like yep. dance moves from the the leg braces. It's just it's so <laughs> charming. I, I really like that. that it that it really is. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that's completely like offset from reality. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you care? No, no not really. Not it's at all. Story. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. He um. Who who else does he? He meets um. John F. Kennedy. Yep. Uh, when he meets John F. Kennedy, that's one of my favorite scenes. Um. Just because like he he gets there and he was I have a quote somewhere. What I, I remember this shit so many fucking times. But he was like um. <laughs> he was like the best part of going to the White House. You get all the free food and all the free drinks that you want. He was like I wasn't really that hungry, but um. I, oh, I must drink. I must drink about fifteen Dr. Peppers. <laughs> 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 just smashing Dr. Peppers. You know, so like he finally gets up to, to Kennedy. Kennedy was like, um, uh, congratulations. How's it feel to be an All-American? Congratulations. Uh, you're an All-American. How's it feel? How, how do you feel? It's like, I got to pay. <laughs> I don't know. I believe he said he had to pay. <laughs> like, I, I love that, you know, just mashing him up. Like, clearly he wasn't there for these events, you know, right. but it's just like, um, putting putting him in those those uh, those events that made and, it and really that nice. compositing that mm. they did to put him in historical footage mm-hmm. was amazing. It was as like what movie? What year was this? Nineteen ninety four. It came out in let's see ninety four. Yeah, ninety four. Uh, I mean the tech, like it was the digital effects were really good for this movie. Very like, there good. was nothing that fell out of place. No. The only thing I noticed was the napalm when he was like rescuing Bubba. Oh yeah, that yeah. was very clearly digital. But other than it, that, that's that's what I was just thinking that it may have been a little easier with uh, with black and white, you know, to um to do that. But then when we have the the effects in color, because that is very, um, it's something that you could really st- stand yeah, out that this isn't secret. happening. Yeah, yeah, but but um, it's also like ten seconds of a shot. So true. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. At that point. Uh, I, man, I just fucking loved it. Like, I, I just want to gush about this movie. There's mm-hmm. really nothing that I can think about it that, like, felt wrong to me. Like, what what do you like the most about this movie? Like, what brought uh, you to it? Uh, it had, it's just so quotable. There's there's so many, like, I, I find myself, whenever it comes on, then I'm just, like, talking to the, the, the television screen or the <laughs> movie screen because, you know, it's just, it's so quotable. Uh, one of one of my favorites is uh, the drill sergeant. He gets there and um, he's he's in basic training, and the drill sergeant's like, "Gump, what is your sole purpose in this army?" And Ford's like, "To do whatever you tell me, drill sergeant." <laughs> God damn it, Gump! You're a goddamn genius. This is the most outstanding answer I've ever heard. You must have a goddamn IQ of 160. You're gonna be a goddamn gifted pro. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" He's just like going in on him. <laughs> I, I love the like the the army moments because yeah. the same drill sergeant is like, "Gump, what did you uh, uh, like put this together so quickly?" Yeah, because you told me to, drill sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be a goddamn general, Gump. <laughs> The, uh, I, I love this. It's... They they meet they meet Lieutenant Dan and uh, Lieutenant Dan is um so so where are you boys from? He was like and they both answer Alabama, sir. It was like uh you you two twins. They look at each other. We, we, we are no relations, sir. <laughs> and it's just like, that is hilarious to me because so you have 
um, Forrest has found kind of his equal in Bubba, yeah. you know, and and they genuinely don't get the joke from Lieutenant Dan because <laughs> <laughs> they just answered the question like fucking Siamese twins. <laughs> <It> was like, <laughs> like scan each other up and I was like, are we? Yeah, yeah it's like, hold on, well, maybe I'm not, you're, you're black and I'm white. I didn't think past that, but <laughs> Lieutenant Dan might have a point. Let's think about it. <laughs> Can I, uh, I, I want to give a shout out to mm. like, because everything that happens in the movie from mm. like when he was a kid, yeah. uh, when he joins the army is mm. when I think the movie really picks up. Okay. Uh, Gary Sinise mm. as Lieutenant Dan yes. has probably been one of my favorite supporting characters of all time. I, I love Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. Lieutenant Dan, you ain't got no legs. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah. like uh, Lieutenant Dan is a perfect like way to like, how do you say it, hammer in the fact that, that Forrest Gump mm. was a positive entity yes. in most people's lives. Like yeah. Forrest Gump changed Lieutenant Dan's life oh, yeah. for the better. Yeah. And like it, it's so satisfying to see him going from the like the the lieutenant to be like the the like the crippled soldier with PTSD mm-hmm. to being the man that's walking at Forrest Gump's wedding with yes. his new magic legs. Yeah. And like seeing Forrest's like reaction is like Lieutenant Dan, you got new legs. Yeah. It's just fucking adorable. And it just makes me fucking happy. Yeah. Like he, he had to come around because uh but Lieutenant Dan was like, if you ever become a shrimp and boat captain, I'll be your first mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's just like it's something that would never happen. Nope. You know, him working for Forrest, Forrest being able to like run a boat, like that is not never happening. You know, he and and he did it. Like, and it's just Forrest really set his mind to things. Not even set his mind, he just did something and just yeah. continued to do it. It's um like like the running thing. It wasn't like I'm gonna I'm planning to to go run across the country let me you know prep for this let me eat right and start doing this this and this yeah. it was just spur of the moment wasn't it um was it directly after he found about his mother was that what drew no, the, it was the after running? jenny left after jenny left yeah, after yeah. jenny left the house after mm. they had sex oh yeah 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 yeah. so he was like just feeling sad and wanted to get over jenny yeah it's just like i just felt like going just felt like running. Running. yeah <laughs> and he ran for three years and yeah. and then but there's one quote in the movie that really that really hammers how emotionally intelligent forrest was mm-hmm. and he said uh something about like sometimes you just gotta put the past behind you and i think that's what my running was about mm. and you're just like ah oh, fuck like yeah. he's right like yeah. we just we're just always running away from a little bit of the past like, yeah sometimes and he did it literally because he, he was like that's the only thing he could do to get away from it i like how they added in uh something that was happening well i guess it might have been 80s or whatever but they still had the shirts around uh but it was like um he, he stepped in some shit while he was running he just now stepped in a big piece of dog shit it was like well it happens he's like what <laughs> what happens shit he's like yeah sometimes <laughs> and then it was like that's you know the bumper sticker the shit happens right. that was everywhere in actual pop culture it was just like everything is stemming from forrest gump you know the lbj meeting the kennedy meeting uh china uh, watergate, watergate. <laughs> yes that one slipped past me i had no idea what that was until yeah. like yesterday yeah you seen the call and was like yeah they got lights on and they're keeping me awake you know doing all this stuff in the building <laughs> like yeah fucking watergate <laughs> <laughs> I like the scene where um, they're going through civil rights, and um, he's he's in Alabama, mm-hmm. and he was saying that um, there's a white guy. He was like, "Yeah, there's um, a bunch of coons. They, they want to go to school with us." And the force is like, "Coons? 
Well, raccoons tried to get on our back porch. Mama just chased them off with a broom. It was like, not raccoons, you idiot niggers. <laughs> was like, he was like, oh, they, they, they want to go to school with us. Oh, they do? And he just like perks up and just goes. He's all happy about it. He's yeah. like, okay, new friends. Good, okay. <laughs> the football coach is like, they, they're in the, the training room, and they see like the black lady. She dropped her book. He was like, is that Forrest? You know, they went to go pick up the book. <laughs> and Forrest just walks up like butt naked with his towel, puts a towel on, just, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Uh, just, I love it. Uh, apparently, like the 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 Tom Hanks first performance, mm. he met a kid that actually had that Alabama drawl mm. and like sort of talked that same way. Yeah, and he based his performance around that kid, and he became good friends with that kid. Yeah, throughout shooting, and so like, that's how he got that like really nice, solid Alabama accent and mannerisms mm. from that fucking kid. And I just think that's such a cute little fact of filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, just meet this kid. Yeah. Talk like this kid. Yeah. And it's become one of the most iconic accents. Of Definitely all time. was. It's fucking fantastic. I liked, um, I like, I liked Sally Field. You know, she, she's old. She plays Forrest Gump's mother in this. Mm-hmm. We, I, hadn't, I don't know if I've seen her since fucking Sound of Music. Maybe <laughs> I don't know, like seriously, but anyway, like I, I liked her performance in it, and uh, she she goes to the uh, to the school and she's trying to get Forrest a proper education. Mm-hmm. She wants him to go to school with everyone else, with all the normal kids, so he can feel like he's normal. Right. And the principal of the school is just like, no, like your son has an IQ of a fucking mayonnaise jar, you know, basically is <laughs> what what he's telling her. And then she was like, he's basically like he's stupid. She's like, well, stupid is as stupid does, you know. Right. I don't believe in that. So um, he was like, well, is there a uh, a Mister Gump, Mrs. Gump? <laughs> Completely flew over my head. I was like, oh, that was like me. Yeah, me too. As a kid, like I did not get that. And this this is what I'm getting to. Like as a kid, like so um, she's like, he's on vacation. Mm -hmm. You know, then the next scene is Forrest Gump sitting outside like on a swing. And all you hear is, and then then he walks out and wiping his brow with a handkerchief. He was like, yeah, yo, your mama sure does care about your schooling, boy. I'll tell you that. (laughs) And he was like, "Uh, you, you you ain't too smart, are you? And then he looks at him, and then he shows him how smart that he is. He's like, hey, 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 hey. He was like, I'm smart enough to know something was going on in there, and that was your voice sounding like this shit. <laughs> you know? The guy walks off like embarrassed as shit. You know, it was as like, he should. Yeah. And it's like, I, but I, we used to do that as a kid, the hey, hey, but not knowing that it was like sex. It's like, that's why, you know, where that sound was coming from. It was. Just, I, I really enjoy like how manipulative that guy was. Well, not that was a good thing, mm-hmm. but that Forrest was able to just like embarrass the shit out of the guy right, <laughs> afterwards, <yeah>. you know. <laughs> and just showing like that uh, a poor mother in Alabama, a single mother, is just the what she had to do in order to survive and ha- have her kid, you know, get a proper education and you know out here. It's is you know. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just really good storytelling. Mm-hmm. I think like the script for this movie is so solid. Yeah. That I, I, I don't think I like even as a writer, like if someone said, Hey, find something to fix in this, I'd mm. just be like, I I mean, I don't think I could do it any better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm confident that this is a, a great script no matter how how much you put like how many how much you change it. Oh yeah. They, it's just uh, fucking good. When when uh when they heard this, well, so uh, she said that uh, her husband was on vacation. Mm-hmm. So then Forrest asks, he's like, um, he's like, Mama, what's vacation? And then she's like, Vacation is when you go somewhere, and you never come back. You yep. know, I was like, fuck. <laughs> you know, because she didn't he say that his mama went on vacation to heaven or something like yeah, that. Yeah, later words. Yeah, after the end. Yeah, I was just like, fuck. You know, because Forrest had heard her say that the the husband was on vacation, and right. it was like, okay, so how do I explain you know this thing to him? She's like, shit. 
So it's like, I assume he never wants to go on a vacation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like never. And this is like, I think one of the, like the movie's greatest <laughs> things that it's got going for it. Mm. It's, it's very good at putting you, not in the emotional place of everybody around Forrest, mm. but in the emotional place that Forrest is. Is it? Yeah. So like you immediately relate to everything that's happening to Forrest. Mm -hmm. And because there's that great emotional connection, even though you know more than Forrest, mm. you get the irony of why a situation would be funny if you weren't Forrest. Yeah. Or in, but you also understand why he doesn't think it's funny. Yeah. And you and the, so like there's no insult to Forrest in any when he's not in on the joke. Mm -mm. He's part. He's part of the irony of the joke. Yes. So yeah. as an audience member, it's totally like it feels okay to be in this emotional conversation mm. with Forrest. Because you're never making fun of him. No. And you're never sort of criticizing him. The movie treats him like his mom wanted everybody to treat him. Yeah. And that's such a clever, such a thin line to walk on when you want to make a joke like the Baba and him being twins joke. Yeah. Because that could have easily <laughs> been so demeaning to like Forrest's character or mm -hmm. Baba's character. But it wasn't because it, they're, they're just people. Like yeah. They still treat him just like people. And I think that's one of the like the clever little emotional tricks that this movie does. Mm. It treats Forrest like his mom would have wanted to, him to be treated. Yeah. And therefore, you just kind of you just go along with his positivity yeah. the same way that all of these other supporting characters go along with it. As as positive as as he is, as Forrest Gump is, Forrest Gump will whoop that ass. <laughs> <laughs> he will whoop that ass. <laughs> like, there were three separate scenes, like one time when uh, Jenny is in the car with a guy. Yep. Forrest opens the door and just starts wailing on this guy, <laughs> just like punch after solid punch, you know, to where the guy's like, he gets out, like IQ of 75 or not. Like when the guy stood up out of the car, he didn't want no parts of Forrest. You know, he just got back in the car you know, says some shit, but he drove off. You know, then uh, another scene where um, where Jenny is playing the guitar with um, uh, what is it, like a topless type of uh, yeah, entertainment it's a, it's thing. A, it's a bar. Yeah, like a bar, bar thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she's uh, she's playing the guitar, and then like men are just like hooting and hollering at her and just yelling, "Get naked! Let me see some titties!" and yada yada. Mm -hmm. And Forrest is like, "Oh, I'm not having that shit." Yeah, you know, some he, dude like actually try to grab, try to grab at her. Yeah. So he goes up and picks Jenny up and tries to take her off. She's upset about this, so it's like he's ready to you know throw down with these people in here too, whoop all their ass mm -hmm. uh, later on. He walks into a fucking Black Panther party, <laughs> you know, completely outnumbered in every way, not just in fists, but in like firepower as well. Yeah, you know, people have revolvers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like in the middle of like a secluded fucking Black Panther party in the fucking seventies, you know, where it will go down. Like you will just not come out of this room. <laughs> you know? So and it's like, and Forrest doesn't realize it's like, say Jenny is dating, um, and this is something that I really picked up as a black person, even as a kid, that all these black people are in the room, and that anyone that isn't the room that isn't black is okay as long as you are supporting our movement right you know so when For Forrest walks in and then you have the uh, the black militant guy telling him you know everything about the black panthers and yada yada and Forrest don't give a shit about none yeah. of this stuff we're just going all past them in one ear out the other and um there's another white guy in there that's supporting the black panthers and he's with jenny and you know the guy what does he slap jenny like in a yeah. uh, like a slow motion slap and Forrest's eyes just gets like super dilated and he's just staring at he goes up and he punches the shit out of this guy like once again you know just like he knocking this guy the fuck down and then you see all the black panthers like they come to attention for a minute and then put their hands on their guns and then another one like puts the arm around I'm like no 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 don't break this up you know <laughs> but it's like as a black person like i will, I will remember 
remember I was like, if that was another black person that he was hitting like that, then this guy's not walking out of there. Forrest yeah. is not walking out of this room. And Forrest doesn't even know this. You know, it's like he doesn't know this. He doesn't. He just seen someone attack Jenny, and he's gonna stand up for her. Yeah. You know, he had no idea of what the possible consequence could have been for doing that. <laughs> you know, and all there was like, okay, you know, white guy, you just beat up another white guy, just get your shit and and, and leave. Right. right. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I ruined your Black Panther party. party. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, bro, you could have been so dead. <laughs> no thoughts in that whatsoever. Like, wow. <laughs> I, I, man, I just like, there's no, like, the directing style is so seamless because mm. the way Samekis plays with time, mm. when you're, you're in a narration, yeah, and then he cuts into like a flashback or like a cutaway joke, yeah, which I feel like when I say cutaway jokes now, my first thought is Family Guy because oh, the yeah. way they do it, yeah, and this uses a similar technique, but mm. it does it to play with time so well. Mm. So, like, it gives you a flashback, you hear a voiceover, you don't even see Forrest Gump in present time, like, yeah. more than like. What three times in the movie, they cut to the bench three times, mm. and all that. So like he narrates something, and then immediately, it's just like like five years later yeah. down the line, something else is happening. And then five years later down the line, something, something else is happening. Yeah. And then like you went through civil rights, and then you went to Vietnam, yep. and then you went to like the eighties, yeah. and you and part of me was just like, wait, fuck, what year are we again? Like yeah. what's this happened so quickly? Mm. But it never feels like it takes you out of it. No. And it's just plays with time so fucking nice. Hells yeah, it does. And my favorite moment when it's playing with time is when him and Bubba meet. Mm. And Bubba starts selling him about all the kinds of shrimp that you can do. Yeah. And they're just like oh, cutting. Yes. It's like it's coconut shrimp and, and pineapple shrimp, shrimp yeah. barbecue shrimp, whatever, mm. cocktail shrimp. And mm. like he just keeps going through the list. Yeah. But obviously so much time has passed between each cut. Yeah. That it's obviously not real time, but mm. it's just like, oh, this is how this friendship developed. Yeah. This is how they became friends. Yeah. Because they understand each other's language, and they just say what's on their mind, and they just fucking listen to each other. That's the best. That, yeah. that, that may be the best cut of the movie, not thinking about it like that. You know, because, yeah, he's he's talking about all the different kind of shrimps, and they go from, you know, they're cleaning the uh, the floor with a toothbrush, mm-hmm. and he's talking about the shrimp. They're, they're outside in the rain, and he's talking about the shrimp. You know, it's just like you said, that the time is disconnected, and he's clear, like, either he's listening millions of shrimp right. you know which they're trying to get the point across to you that yes he has lots he knows <laughs> lots about he shrimp knows a lot about shrimp <laughs> yes you know but yeah it's, I, I think that is, that is a very good cut I, I like that a lot I, I, I just love the filmmaking techniques that they use because they mm. feel seamlessly infused with the story mm. like a lot of the times and this is a style versus substance substance thing yeah. That is a debate that I have with a lot of people because mm. people are like oh you can either have style you can have substance mm. and anything in between just doesn't mesh that well. It's like you can have both. Yeah, no, you can definitely, you definitely can, but yeah. that's not the idea that a lot of people True. have. True. Yeah. And so, like, I'm always having this. It's like, no, you can have your stylization. Yeah. You can have your cake and fucking eat it. Sure can. And this is a perfect example of it. Yeah. Like the way Samekis plays with time, mm. the simple camera movements, mm. the none, like how he doesn't overcomplicate a shot for the sake of having a fun camera movement. Mm-hmm. It's just it it just fits perfectly yeah. with the pieces that he had to make this movie. Yeah, yeah. And like his style of like breaking away time, mm. and in a way that it's no longer realistic. Mm. Um, but you get the emotional truth of each time that time, like every instance of time being broken. Yeah, he does it with an emotional motive behind okay yeah so every time that it happens you're like oh i don't care that suddenly i'm 10 years in the future nope because i understand what happened emotionally in those 10 years yeah that just passed and that is amazing as a filmmaker 
because you're bringing your audience along into like an emotional trip that they're not really even aware that they're having. Sure. So like, I mean, that's just beautiful screenwriting, and mm -hmm. it's beautiful. How do you say it? Restriction as a director Ooh, yes. to do that. Yeah. Um, because any like, I feel like any other director could have taken this movie and given us needless like hours of like unnecessary exposition. Yes. But he knew what he wanted to tell you, mm -hmm. and what he wanted to tell you was because you wanted to get this result out of that interaction. Yeah. And he wanted to get you to know Boba. He wanted to get you to know that they were friends. Mm -hmm. He wanted to get you to know that he'll do anything for Jenny. Yep. He want like all the emotional beats. Of all the segments he shows out of Forest Life, mm -hmm. are there for a reason, and yeah. it never feels out of place. There was like the the script is amazing. So I mean, what what I really enjoy in movies is when you have a very good story, mm -hmm. and then you also have very good dialogue woven into that right. story as well. And that's something that you really get in in this movie. Um, one of my favorite scenes of dialogue is when um, Forrest is talking to um, to Lieutenant Dan, and uh, Lieutenant Dan's like, "I got got two standing orders here. It's like whenever we stop, change the socks, get a fresh pair of socks." And don't do anything stupid like getting yourself killed. And then uh, Forrest's like, I, I, I sure hope I don't let him down. <laughs> you know? it's, like, it's like, that's the only thing you got to do is keep your socks clean and don't die. And then Forrest is serious about this. Yeah. I, I hope that I don't let Lieutenant down by getting myself killed. <laughs> you know? I love that. And, and like also, Samekis does this thing where he lets you know how kind-hearted of a person Gump is. Yeah. When they're all down in Vietnam mm -hmm. and he rescues every single person out of that yeah. small platoon, yeah. risking his own life. But yeah. really, he was just trying to find Bubba. Trying to find Bubba. But he couldn't let everybody else down. So he's just like, and I was like, he even said, it's like, I was afraid I wasn't going to find Bubba. Yeah. But I had to help them. And like, he helps Lieutenant Dan. And then, like, my, and this is why Gary Sinise's character, Lieutenant Dan, in this movie, mm -hmm. works so well for me. Because after that, you can tell that there's like a visible resentment for Forrest Gump yes. for saving his life. Yeah. But then when they're in New York and uh, they run into each other, yeah. Again, in the in like the New Year's Eve party, mm -hmm. it's like, don't you ever call him stupid? And he kicks like the prostitutes out of yep. his apartment. It's like, all right, now this is a friendship. Yep. And Lieutenant Dan cares severely about mm -hmm. Forrest Gump. Yeah. And that's why their relationship works in time to like the rest of the movie. Yeah. So it's like those little, it's just the emotional beats are fucking there. Yeah. And is. I wanted, I wanted, I tried to not like fall for like the charm of the movie. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to look at this movie. I was like, ah, it's not that great. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't. It's a but fucking it good it's, movie. It's really fun. It's, it's just, just a, a good fucking movie. Yeah, it is. It's a movie movie. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it has all the beats. It covers everything. It does. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else to say other than gushing about this fucking movie. I mean, a one out of ten just doesn't do justice for me because like, I don't know what I would say like critically as like like film critic wise. I got eight point six, I guess, yeah. but like enjoyable level. Like I've seen this movie so many times, and it's like it might as well be a ten because I'm gonna watch it again. Like I might watch this movie fifty more times before I leave this earth, yep, and be fine <laughs> you know, with it. and be all right yeah. with that. You know, so it's like it's it's even hard for me to rate it. Like I'm saying eight point six, and then I'll I'm like okay, if that's eight point six. Why don't you watch the nine point five fifty more times? Because I like this one better. This one is fun. It's that one fun. makes me sad. Yes, it's all feel. Same, like yeah. same thing. Like this is one of those movies. Like really, like cinematographically, there's nothing complicated happening. No, no. I think most move like moving trots that you get are just like when Forrest himself is moving, mm -hmm. or like when there's something like visually appealing happening on camera, whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's, there's nothing complicated in the cinematography. Mm. Directing style is so restricted and subdued that mm. it feels almost non-intrusive. Yes. 
Uh, and it feels, it just, every scene flows seamlessly. It seemed like he took himself out of the equation, yeah. totally, you know, as a director. And that's I, that's what I really love about him. You know? yeah. yeah. And But he did that, and he still put enough style in the movie mm-hmm. that you can pick up on very immediate stylistic choices. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, and I think that's just kind of like the perfect blend of mm-hmm. invisible director mm-hmm. plus conscious choice of directing. Yes. Uh, uh, and then what else? I mean, the dialogue is amazing. Yes, it is. Like, you can quote almost every line of this movie, yeah. and someone will get a reaction out of it. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking great. It's a great script, greatly, like, beautifully directed, mm-hmm. and simply but beautifully shot as yes. well. Yeah. And it's it's just it's just fucking good. It is. Like, I want to rate it, too, but, I, like, if I were to rate it, I had to give it as close to a 10 as I can. Yeah, like, it's just I understand. Really yeah. yeah. For, this movie's like a 9, 9.5 mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Because no matter how many times I watch it, it's like, it just takes me 20 minutes to be like, oh, I've seen this movie before. And in mm. 20 minutes, I'm like, all right, where's Lieutenant Dan? <laughs> I want to meet Lieutenant Dan again. Lieutenant Dan, <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> Immediately puts that ice cream in the shitter. Yeah. <laughs> the piss shit. I'm like, gosh. It's fucking great. It's yeah. fucking good, fun movie. Yes. And it's it's probably one of my favorite films of all time. Agree. Yeah. If I have to put a top 10 list, that's going to make it like on the top five. Same. Yeah. Top ten definitely, yes. Mm. And yeah. I didn't know that until like I just rewatched it now. Yeah. It's fucking good. It's it fucking is. good. It is. Uh anything else to say about my man Gump? Uh no, um, Forrest Gump. If you haven't seen it, then shame on you, I guess. Yeah, really. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Go give it a go if you haven't. Mm. Uh you will you will be grateful for mm. this movie. It's, yes. just, it's just fun and heartwarming. It is. And with that in mind, we'll we'll cut and then we'll make it to the television and movie premieres. Yeah. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I, I'm excited for ET next yes. week. That's yeah. gonna be great. Oh yeah. Um, but for now, they television can, movie. For for now, they can enjoy this Tom Hanks on fucking Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> you're getting do. Tom Hanks on Halloween. You sure are. Yeah. This is like the furthest. Like people do a lot of theme mm-hmm. content. Yeah. This is the furthest we could have taken it away from Halloween. Yeah. Buffalo. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just, like even like if ET was like for Halloween, like okay, all right, you know, yeah, it's a little spooky, supernatural. Like, all right, it's a little know. alien. Yeah. But Tom, no, nope. but Forrest Gump, no, you, no, nothing, no connection whatsoever. Just kind of a dumb Alabama kid. <laughs> yep. You just wouldn't take that. Be blessed, guys. <laughs> go, <laughs> bless bless, go fucking bless yourself. Uh, so uh, this weekend, television and movie premieres uh, starting Tuesday, October the thirty first through Monday, November the sixth. Uh, the first is Friday, November the 3rd, and this is a very short week, so yeah. Uh, but uh, Friday, November the 3rd is Kevin Hart presents Heart of the City. I immediately didn't care. Yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> over Kevin Hart, but... Um, I mean, I'm glad he's still doing stuff. Of course. Good for yeah. you, Kevin. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. He just, loved, he just lost, lost me. Yeah, he's been around for a while. But mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, Kevin Hart presents Heart of the City. It's a comedy talk show on uh, Comedy Central at 11 p.m. Okay. What does uh, he talk about it anymore? Like, what does Kevin Hart I'm, talk about? If he's not talking about cheating on his pregnant uh, like wife, then I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you know, forgot he did that. Yeah, like that's it's like that's, she was pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> like first the first wife he cheated on his first wife with his current wife, right? And then he cheated on his current wife that's pregnant with like some Snapchat jump off, and then she put that all over the internet and tried to uh, get thirty million dollars out of him. So he was just like, nope, just go ahead and release the the, the tape and uh, whatever you want to release. Yeah, because she was like, because I'm not going to give you that amount of money. Go to jail? No. That she? No. That's black. That's black. 
Yes. Or, or maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know that she didn't go to jail. Oh, okay. But I just. I just from what I the story that I've seen and what Kevin Hart came out and posted, um, apologizing to his wife and then explaining why he allowed the video to go up. Right. You know because he would he refused to to pay, pay that money. much of money. Yeah. I feel like if you get blackmailed and then you don't go like all right, I'll just call the cops. Yeah, exactly. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Anyway. Like, I'm not going to give you the money. I'll call the cops. How about yeah. that? How yeah. about you're doing literally a felony right now? Yes. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But so, that's, uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't, unless he's talking about real life stuff. Like, I've heard you talk about your kids and your family and stuff. But, like, that's why I love Richard Pryor. Bing, bang, pow. Kids, kids. So it's like, I love Richard Pryor because he would get on there and he would just tell his absolute truth. Like, yeah, I'm doing crack right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing cocaine. Uh, yeah, I accidentally burned my fucking face up trying to freebase. Uh, yeah, I cheated on my wife. Yeah, I just now beat my wife. Domestic violence. Um, yeah, you know, he's just like, he's just telling everything just so brutal about his actual right. life and something I'd never seen another great comedian do in the way that he did. So it's like, Kevin Hart, at this point, you've been around for, what, 10 years in the comic scene. You've made $100 million or so. You're selling out Madison Square Garden. If I'm going to listen to anything Kevin Hart is doing, it's going to have to come from such a real vulnerable place. Louis C.K. has a great quote that says, you run through all the garbage that you have to say in your first 15 years. Oh, and then end up with and the then, dick jokes and yeah. shit, yeah. Then you got to dig a little deeper and you end up talking about your balls. Yeah. I think Kevin Hart should start talking about his balls at this point. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, I mean, if you're if he doesn't have anything to say that leaves him open and vulnerable, then it's just, I'm not, I'm over him. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's Friday, November the 3rd. Uh, the next show is going to be Sunday, November the 5th. Hells yeah, Shameless. Shameless, Shameless nice. is back. It's um so so William H Macy said he was signing on for at least two more seasons. That's like season eleven and twelve. Lots of uh, like, and I thought I, I thought, thought the show was like season five. Oh no no no, no no no! They, they, it's been running for a long time. I thought they were going to cancel it after the uh, the lead star her, uh, Fiona. I don't know her real name in real mm-hmm. life, but Fiona. She was like, "All right, um, I'm the star of the show. The show has been running for seven or eight seasons. Why am I not top billed and being paid the most?" You know, because right. before it's like, you know, you get the show, season one is the William H. Macy show, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have all of these supporting characters, but then after season four, five, six, and seven, she you, becomes a star. She's, she was the, she, I mean, she originally was, the, the show was about her, but she doesn't have a name, you know, and I still don't know her name, you know, but she's the actual star of this show, so she demanded to be paid equal to William H. Macy, which she should have, yeah, you know, absolutely. it was like I'm nine seasons and I'm carrying the goddamn show, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the star, you have to pay me equal. And I also want to be able to direct, you know, some of these shows. So whenever this show is over and nobody wants to hire me as an actress, then I'll at least be able to have an in into the industry this way. Right. You know, so. Which is smart. Very smart. Shout out to you, Fiona. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know your name. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But um, <laughs> And I, I assumed that Showtime was just going to be like, all right, we'll pay you equal money to William H. Macy for one season and then we're done. Right. You know, but they, they're signing them on for a couple more seasons. Okay. So, I mean. I'm, I'm, so I guess Showtime like went like, all right, fine, I guess she does deserve all that money yeah yeah, yeah. and, and it, it's just the climate that we're in too it's just right. like that would not go unnoticed you know because no. i was checking for that hard like okay you gave her the money and i'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop to be like all right now we're stopping the show what would have happened had mm. they dropped the show mm. would have been like some other neck would have picked up the show mm. where who's doing it's on this? showtime now showtime yeah. like they would have picked it up from showtime and mm. just made five more seasons 
and then look make Showtime look like a piece of shit yeah. the entire time in the industry. Yeah. It's, That's it's, what would have happened. So, so many so options. Showtime nailed it. Yeah. It's like, well, you can, we'll, we'll just go over to Netflix, which uh, all of our other shows are on, like, all the other seasons are on Netflix anyway, yeah. so we'll just go to Netflix, so. <laughs> That's what they could, Yeah. <laughs> But that's uh, Sunday, November the 5th. Shameless is going to be on Showtime at 9 p.m. Uh, the next thing is maybe 2% of our listeners will get this. Uh, Escape, still kicking it. Ah. Escape, still kicking it. There's a song from the uh, the 90s. Kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Party on down to the Escape beep. Just keep it. Um, but that's um, Escape. Do you know uh, who T.I. is? Yeah. T.I. has a wife named Tiny. And, um, yeah, that's, ne- that's neither one of their real names, Tiny and T.I. Yeah, T. of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. So his name like fucking Theodore or something. It's Clifford Harris. Clifford. Yeah, Tia's name is actually Clifford Harris. Yeah, <laughs> so you're right on top of that, Theodore or something like that. <laughs> yep. So that's He's named that. the same thing as the fucking red dog. <laughs> yes, the big red dog. Clifford fucking Harris. Yes. CI, God bless your fucking heart. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wait, what's what's PD's real name? Um Sean Sean Combs. Sean Combs. Sean right. Combs. That's not that's not as incongruent as fucking Clifford Harris. And yeah. T. I. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, T.I. But yeah, that's that's Escape Still Kicking It. I mean, if you were into like the 90s heavy R&B scene, then um, this might be for you. Um, I know Tessa's going to watch this, so I'll watch it with her, I guess, maybe. We'll see. Uh, the next show is going to be Monday, November the 6th. Uh, do you know who Luke Bryan is? He's a country singer. Country singer, yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess he's getting pretty popular. I would hear people at the, uh, the Art Institute talking about him. Yeah, like... I mean, well, the only reason I know him is because I make fun of country music. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know any of his music, but it was a, um, there was a, a white girl my first quarter that I, that I started at the Art Institute. She tried to give me a ticket to go to a Luke Bryan concert with her. My huh. first, my first quarter there, and I turned her down because one, well, no, I, I turned her down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna let that trail off into whatever. That's the next like, I'll just tra- trail that off into the ether. <laughs> But it just it, it made me remember about Luke Bryan. I was like, "What the fuck? Like this is a thing? Yep. Luke Bryan's a thing out there." He's he's, he's probably one of he's a really generic mm. country songwriter, from what I know. Oh. I think one of his songs is literally about a tractor. That's is that all the songs? That's how you, it's much, it's like like, a big it's a big part of it. Driving down an old country road on my tractor. With times are hard. Open a beer. You know my my wife is bullshit and uh, my ex wife is talking shit and. Like this I, hot girl is sitting on my tractor. Yeah, horses, cowboy boots, cowboy, cowboy hats, boots, denim, they denim, like jeans. denim. Yes, yeah. denim. I think we could write a country song. Yeah, we can totally do. It. <laughs> <laughs> we got all, everything there. We just everything take what we just did and mm-hmm. put guitar over it, yeah. and then we got a country. song. We got it. It's just that's it. <laughs> Actually, it. I just want to. Uh, you've seen Bo Burnham's what? Right, the special. Did you show me that at school before? Uh, I, I've no, I've mentioned it. I haven't shown it to you. Okay. He's got a he's got a song called Country Song, where he makes a country song while the lyrics are making fun of the patterns of country music. I it's think, fucking genius. Is this the same one where he has a Pringles joke on that one? No, it's the same special, but yes. not, yeah, but that, not I've seen that song. special. Yeah. Yes, I've seen that. Okay. So he's got that country song, and it's so fucking good. Yeah. Because yes, that is exactly what fucking Luke Bryan does. <laughs> yeah. Well, he has a uh, he has a special coming out on uh, Monday, November the sixth. It's called "Living Every Day," the Luke Bryan special. It's a reality show on ABC at ten p.m. <laughs> he 
this a knit a reality show? Nah, it doesn't. Nah, it's not it actually doesn't. farming. Yeah. What is this man doing? I have no idea. But it's like I guarantee it's like people are gonna like like you haven't heard this music. I haven't heard this music, but we both immediately knew the name. Yep. So that means there's a good amount of the population that like this guy. You know, it's whatever. I mean, maybe he does good music. Maybe he, you know. That's the thing about country music. Yeah. Fucking country music is undeniably catchy. It sticks around in your fucking head. Mm. So like Blake Shelton, you know yeah. who that fucking cunt is? No. Nah. Uh, he's he's a country musician. I've heard the singer. name. Yeah. yeah. So he does the same type of music. It's a little bit more on the romantic side. Okay. Blake Shelton himself, he's all right. Yeah. He's funny. Mm-hmm. I, I fucking hate his songs. Okay. But but if I listen to a Blake fucking Shelton song, mm. it's gonna be in my head for like two weeks. A bit. Yeah. Fucking two weeks. They are very catchy. It's just, it's annoying. It's annoying how catchy they are. Yeah. <laughs> they they had an episode on a show called American Dad where uh, Roger the Alien was trying to uh, find the right way to to write a, a country song. <laughs> I think I've seen that. Yeah. It's, it was pretty good. But um, so that was it for television. Uh, for movies, uh, it's not a lot going on. Not great. Uh, but well, this is what we got. The uh, the first one is a Bad Mom's Christmas. Yep. Bad Moms. Did you see the first Bad Moms? That was that was the first. Yeah. This is this is a sequel. Now they're getting that Christmas money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They had the original Bad Mom. I didn't. I I didn't watch the original one. Uh, but this one still has Kristen Bell and uh, Mila Kunis. I don't know. It for was some f- reason I, I confused this movie with Rough Night. Oh, like, okay. I, like I was for some reason thinking about Scarlett Johansson being in this movie. That was Scarlett Johansson in Rough Night. Yeah, I was thinking about uh, Charlize Theron for some reason. No, it was Scarlett. Scarlett. Okay. Yeah, I didn't watch that. I no, neither that. did I. I watched the I watched the black version of it, Girl Trip. Oh, Girl Trip. Yeah, okay, that yeah. was that was fun. Okay. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish is in that. That's that's yeah. really dope. Uh, but uh, a rundown on um, A Bad Mom's Christmas. It's a rated R, 104-minute runtime. It's an action-adventure comedy. A Bad Mom's Christmas follows our three underappreciated and overburdened women as they rebel against the challenges and expectations of the Super Bowl for moms. Christmas. I beg your pardon? Uh, so apparently, the Super Bowl for moms? Uh, yeah, like, so apparently Christmas is the Super Bowl for mothers. It's like the big event that they prepare for and, and, and wait for all year. That makes me uncomfortable. I mean, I don't, I, I don't like the way they phrase that. I mean, that's that's their prerogative, I guess. Yeah, you know. No, I, I, I yeah. don't. I don't think that that they exist to like uh, buy Christmas gifts, and they, that's their sole purpose in life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like it feels like very like man in a suit wrote. Yeah, it's directed movie. by John Lucas and Scott Moore. <laughs> needed two directors. Yeah, <laughs> needed two male directors for that. All right. Well, that's fine. Bad Moms. Yeah, A Bad Mom's Christmas. Not yeah, to be Bad confused. Bad Mom's Christmas, yeah. that's right. Yeah, the sequel. Uh, the next one is Roman J. Israel Esquire. Uh, Denzel Washington stars as Roman Israel, a driven, idealistic defense attorney who, through a tumultuous series of events, finds himself in a crisis that leads to extreme action. Huh. Stars Denzel Washington and Colin Farrell. I have no idea what that is, but I love that cast. Mm-hmm. And uh, that might be that might intrigue me, just based on casting. Yeah. Yeah, Colin Farrell and uh, Denzel. Let's see what you got. Uh, the next movie is The Last, well, Last Flag Flying. It's uh, rated R, 124-minute runtime, listed as a comedy drama. Uh, has a 65 meta score. 30 years after they served together in Vietnam, a former Navy corpsman, Corman? Cor- yeah, Cor- yeah, Cor- yeah. Corman. We didn't have, we didn't have the, the Corps in uh, the Air Force. You know, they had the Army Air, the Army Air, Air Corps. Corps. Yeah, that's always weird to me. It's because it's C-O-R-P-S, and I'm just like, Corps, the P is silent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think when it's like, 
when it's like that in that context, mm. I think the P is pronounced. But when you say just the name, it's Gore. Yeah. Because that sounds fucking weird. Corman. Yeah. Yeah. Corpse man. That's a corpse. I, I, I fuck like, English. Like corpse men yeah. makes it sounds like someone that died last week, but they're like walking around. Yeah. You're like a corpse man. You're right. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't know. What, what is fucking English? Court, yeah, it's yeah. fucking bullshit language. Uh, but he, he reunites with his old buddies, uh, former Marines and uh, a revered Richard blah, 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 to bury his son, a young Marine killed in the Iraq War. But uh, the cast looks great. It's uh, Brian Cranston and Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, I know this movie, yep. Yeah, Brian Cranston, Lawrence Fishburne, and Steve Carell. That actually, like, I, I've seen that. Have you seen the trailer? Richard Linklater is the director. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the trailer for this? Uh-uh. It's actually, it actually looks really good. Huh. Yeah. I mean, the cast is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it might actually be one of the movies that I that I kind of want to go see. Uh, I mostly I love Brian Cranston, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen him with Steve Carell, and yeah. like I haven't seen the specific cast together mm-hmm. anywhere yet. And I'm just really interested how they work. Me too. I, I, I really like Steve Carell in these roles that he's not supposed to be like an over the top buffoon guy. Right. Yeah. You know, like I liked him in uh, it wasn't the Wall Street movie. My little, I liked him in Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, that was yeah. Um, it was uh, Battle of Sexes was the most recent one. What? It was with Emma Stone. It was. Um, What's the movie about the mortgage crisis, the housing market? Oh, the Big Short. The Big Short. Yeah. I loved him in the Big Short. You know. And um, what's what's the movie? Did you already mention it? The one with uh, him and the brunette, very attractive lady. Uh, the world is about to end. Oh, um, looking for looking for a friend. Or for the end of the world. Look, yeah, looking like at a friend for the end of the world. Yeah, something like, that. like that. Yeah, he's not supposed to be like super funny. Seeking a friend Seeking. for the end of the world. There yes. Yeah, that. I mean, I'm loving Steve Carell in these in these different kind of roles. And this, it, oh, it's a comedy drama. So I guess this is kind of comedy. Well, but it, it's a very sort of dark situation. Because mm. it, it's, it's kind of like a road trip movie. Yeah. Where they have to get the body, the brother's body mm. to like another place for a funeral. Okay. So like they just like, like steal the body from a military base. Mm. So okay. one of those movies, yeah. I'll check that out. That looks like the most promising so far. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is LBJ, uh, Lennon Johnson. It's a, a rated R movie, 98-minute runtime biography drama. All right, I'm kind of sold so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story of the U.S. President Lyndon Baines Johnson from his young days in West Texas to the White House. Rob Reiner is the director, and it stars Jennifer Jason Lee and Woody Harrelson. Yes, I'll be seeing this. Wait, who's, who's playing uh, LBJ? Uh, that's Woody, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson's playing LBJ? Yeah. God, that makeup work. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in that because I mean, they're 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 telling me something that happened within history. It's the uh, the president that is supersede uh, came after. Is that the word I'm looking for? Uh, the precede. Yeah. Well, no, precede is before. Before, yeah, I'm like supersede. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what I'm the word. I'm pretty sure you're the on pre- the right track. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah he's 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 uh, the president that immediately came after when um, President Kennedy Kennedy was shot, okay. and then he just had to take over presidency. You know, it's just like fuck, you're thrown <laughs> into it. But um, that must be fucking. Hey, yeah. uh, Kennedy was shot. You're a president now. Yeah, like not not only kill like the 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 most charming, charismatic, popular president yeah. in the history of modern presidents has been killed. You know, something that you would never think to happen. Nope. Never, never, never. You know, because like in this in the the 60s, it's like presidents weren't. When when did a president die before? Kennedy, well, they, they tried Garfield? to assassinate Nixon. Nixon. They, they 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 showed that in Forrest Gump, but they yeah, um yeah. but they had he had too much security and he ended up shooting George Wallace, the uh, the mayor of uh, of Alabama at right. the time, governor. Whatever. But like no, they tried to kill Nixon. Yeah. 
but we hadn't had an assassination attempt on a president. Yeah, I think, like, like, or, or just them dying like yeah. that. You know, it's like fucking George Bush Senior is still alive. Yeah, I think Jimmy Carter is still alive. Probably, yeah, he <laughs> has know? he has like Alzheimer's, but he's still alive. Still alive, yeah. So I mean, it's just I don't know. It's just very, very you know odd for something like that yeah. but then you know his the rest of his family were just getting picked apart left and right right after that fucking bobby kennedy getting mm-hmm. killed and then i mean it's just there was another kennedy too like yeah three of them died yeah three of them you know one of them died in the uh plane plane crash you know, it was fucked up yeah, yeah. It's, but it's just like that's that's something that we would i would love to have a episode just talking to lon about that you remember he's obsessed yeah, he into that. Yeah. with, with yeah. that shit i mean was just kennedy trying to uncover illegal money rackets and the the mob being really tied into that and shit man that was a really fun conversation we had with him yeah. <laughs> about that oh yeah it took like 45 minutes to get him to stop talking he's about into Kennedy. it yeah he's, he's into, into it, it. Uh, and last but not least, a movie that it looks like it's actually going to be really good, uh, Thor Ragnarok. See, I was I was feeling indifferent about it, yeah. but now I keep hearing like really good things about it. Mm-hmm. And like Josh got said that they really liked it, yep. so I'm just kind of like, all right, I respect their opinion. Yeah. I should give it a go. Yes, like I'm 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 kind of I haven't seen a Thor movie since the first one. Have Have you seen the, the second Thor movie? It was so bad. The second one was so okay, bad. Good. Thor Thor Dark World. I mm-hmm. think that's what it was. So it was yeah. horrible. Okay, I didn't see that. But the all. first one was alright. Yeah, it was alright. Yeah, it yeah. was cool. Uh, visually, I, I really <laughs> fucks with it. But uh, yeah, Chris Helmsworth is going to reprise his role, and uh, Mark Ruffalo will be there. I'm not reading a rundown on that because it's fucking Thor. You know, you know what it's it is. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. He's in a planet, and he's got to fight his way out. Yeah. There you go. He so. doesn't have a hammer now, and he caught his <laughs> yeah. hair. So maybe you don't want to fuck this Thor, mm-hmm. but it's still Thor. <laughs> but, but you still will, though. Yeah, yeah. I like that uh, movie posters for like superhero movies, especially the Marvel ones, mm-hmm. are becoming a little bit more colorful. I was just about to say this. Yeah. Like, this is like an overarching theme across the board. Not even just Marvel. Like, this room 104, what I was talking about, the lighting, mm-hmm. is or um, or uh, Suicide Squad, or it's just, we are so far into this, like, neon, um, bright colors. Like, it's reminding me of, like, I wasn't even around, really, for early 80s, but mm-hmm. just, like, looking back, you know, right. and just seeing that's the way that, that fashion and, and trends really were. Like, we are, we are going all the way in, you know, with, with, the, with these color shit, and I'm wondering wondering what that means for us 10 years from now because anytime that you get such a statement like that then you get like um you get the opposite you get the opposite yeah well, that's what that's what happened from like early 2000s from now mm-hmm. like maybe even early 90s yeah we saw this like in the early i don't know if you know this but in the early if you remember this in the early 2000s jason Byrne mm-hmm. and that was like really good action movies the color scheme was like Light or light blue and mm. orange, yeah, and that was the color scheme for fucking ever. Mm. Muted browns, muted grays, muted greens, muted blues mm. with highlight of orange, red, or like blue, whatever. It's I remember the blues, yeah, boring, yeah. And then I think filmmakers just went like, "Fuck that!" Yeah, we don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's like just put some fucking grade in that. Shit. Yes, have some fucking fun with your lighting. Just do it. You it's can. fine. Yes, and but also I think it's it's just like. Digital is becoming like much more popular and accepted now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can do a lot more with digital in terms of like color okay. correction and mm-hmm. doing all of that crazy shit. Yeah. So like maybe it's maybe it's one of those, but uh, also maybe we're just tired of being sad all the time. That's possible too. And yeah. Just like filmmaker, just kind of like ah. Yeah. Like even if it's a sad movie, I'm just gonna pop some color in there. <laughs> Please. Just so I, I don't want to kill myself at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, fucking. I did it like I, in a short film that I did. I mm. like tried to like put as much color. Pop some color in like, there, yeah, yeah, yeah man. It's like dude's killing himself twenty times in my film. So <laughs> I can't, can't, let, can't let you sit through that in a fucking gray. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, that, that's it for today. I'm going to cough, and then I'm going to do the whole spiel. Uh-oh. All right. Well, <laughs> in, in, in yeah. number one show in North Carolina, I don't know if I said that at the top of the show. <clears throat> I did. I don't yeah. think you did. You, yeah. you want to say it again? Yeah. Oh, number one show in North Carolina. Don't know if you guys know that or not. I don't know if we know that either, but <laughs> I'm we saying are. it. I'm saying it. Yeah, we are. We are. Number one show in North here's, Carolina. Here's the thing. If you yeah. say it long enough, yeah. at one point, it'll happen. Yes. So... Number one show in North Carolina. Number one show in North Carolina. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and uh, Google Play Music app hey. under the name for film's sake. And you can find us at Facebook at the FFS podcast. My personal Twitter handle is at Brian Archija. And I'm at a THA underscore VONZ. Hey. hey. So thank you guys for listening. And uh, see you guys next episode. Ooh. Ooh.